0: But that permission, right, to go from what you name it in the book, self-help to self-discovery, mm-hmm. right? Embracing and becoming aware of what actually is already inside of you.
1: That's
0: right. and, and then there's that focus, right? You know, the way it, when I was looking at all the things that needed to be fixed, but it allowed me to start thinking about what's actually the good stuff mm-hmm. in me.
1: Welcome to Inside Out Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Holman. Now, many of us know 2023 is a year of, you know, for lack of a better term, an overarching theme that has everything to do with leaving a lasting legacy. Now, we don't have to look far and wide to understand that if we want to leave a lasting legacy, it has so much to do with investing in the next generation, Our guest this month is none other than a good friend of mine, someone who I've learned a great deal from, as well as invested a great deal in, Chris Cavalieri. Chris, you're going to find out through the course of our conversation of our point of connection, what Inside Out Leadership means to him before he came across it, during, and after. But Chris is definitely relationship-driven, solution-focused, and strategic thinker who excels at bringing order to chaos. If there's one thing I know about Chris, that he believes that relationship and communication are the foundation of successful business partnerships and team member relationships, et cetera. And Chris has exceeded so many different expectations that others have placed on him simply for the reason that he's all about authentic relationships. So, I really believe you're gonna thoroughly enjoy my conversation with Chris Cavallari as he talks about the influence and the impact of Inside Out Leadership on his own life. Enjoy. Welcome to the Inside Out Leadership Podcast, Chris Cavallari, what's going on? What's up, Rob? Hey, you know- Honored to be here, brother. Yeah, yo, hey, um, let's right off the bat, right? We should talk about the timetable being BM, uh, before my mustache and after my mustache. For those that are listening and don't have the joy of seeing my full-grown mustache, as I like to call it, um, it's becoming its own character, its own personality. But Chris, you knew me far before, which we'll learn in this episode, far before the mustache and uh, and far after the mustache. And you're still hanging with me. You're still, I think, enjoying me, at least to some degree. But any comments on my mustache? You could be completely
0: honest. I mean, it brings down your inner Ted Lasso. And- <laughs> I think it shows the depth of our relationship that, you know, there is a before and after the mustache.
1: (laughs) Hey, I think it would be so appropriate before we move on. We're going to talk a lot about inside out leadership um, and your inside out leadership journey in our time together today, our conversation. But I think it'd be really helpful for those listening, viewing to understand a little bit more about our connection. I mean, do you remember the first time we met or you don't have to be that. You know, micro in our conversation, but perhaps the early stages, maybe uh, when we first met, maybe some thoughts, some opinions, like "Oh my goodness, uh, whoa!" I don't know what I just encountered, <laughs> but I just wanted yeah, to leave a little I, space for you to talk about.
0: Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, Rob, it's been almost a decade, Man. which is, you know, as as we were talking about, right? I mean, you were my age when right. we met, and. Um, Yeah, I remember, you know, I was at Goshen Baptist with, um, you know, a bunch of buddies of mine that were, you know, we were getting together once a week to just talk about life. And you were our special guest one week to come in and encourage us. Mm -hmm. And this six foot six ball of energy came in and you did what you do. You encouraged us. And it wasn't long after that, that I actually moved to Westchester and sure. then we start. We started, you know, hanging every week. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. I, I mean. Yeah. First- we have a lot of history, don't we? We do have. I mean,
1: nine years is nine years, and a lot can happen. Certainly, we know COVID happened, which is three solid years of that nine years. But we have been on journey together, and that's yeah. been. I think it's. Uh, safe to say. You know it's it's mutual for both of us of what uh, we've received from each other, what we've been able to give over the years as well. And um, you're one that I oftentimes will turn to, honestly, for um for encouragement, for uh, to make sure, hey, to bounce an idea off of a creative idea concept, a new project, surprise, surprise, I' come to you with even some new projects on occasion. But um, yeah, it speaks to history. And when you yeah. When you can be on point and on journey with someone and weather different storms of life, both personally and professionally, it's pretty sweet, isn't it?
0: Nine years in the trench, almost 10 years in the trenches. And um, yeah, yeah I, I know that I wouldn't be here and be the person I am today if I hadn't known you because you're a big part of that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that is, you know, yeah. that's that's the origin story.
1: That's right. All right. So... We'll get into more. We'll fill in some gaps. We'll color commentate. We'll have fun with this, obviously. But uh, what's a fun fact about Chris Cavalieri? Something that maybe I don't even know, or even if I do know, certainly our guests have never heard before.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, I'll, I'll say this. So I attended two universities. You know, I, I started out at one and then transferred after my sophomore year to another, and both of those univers- both of those schools no longer exist. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So, Wesley College, you know, I played lacrosse at Wesley College down in Dover, Delaware. They were, um, you know, bought out um, by Delaware State. So, they're now part of Delaware State. Oh, okay. And then Cabrini University, believe it or not, the 2019 Division Three lacrosse men's national champions. Hmm. This is their last year. They were purchased by Villanova Law. So, they're not going to be in existence. So, Fun fact, not really fun fact, but interesting fact, right? Like, what do I put on my diploma? Do I put Cabrini right, right. slash Villanova? Um, yeah. 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 I mean, that's, you know, that goes along with kind of what is going on in the landscape, right? A lot of the bigger schools are, um, you know, buying up some of the smaller ones, but both yeah. of my schools, both of, both of my alma maters are Chris. no longer in existence.
1: If it does nothing else, it certainly makes for interesting conversation. (laughs) Right? I mean, how many people can say that? Right. All right. So a lot of talk. I mean, this podcast name is Inside Out Leadership. You've been greatly influenced, impacted by Inside Out Leadership. But take us before Inside Out Leadership, before you experienced it, before you came, uh, you know, hit it head on and came across it. What was life like for you? What kind of a life were you living? What kind of perspective did you have on yourself, on others? Take us into that a little bit. I think it'll further give people insight on into who you are and the impact ultimately that Inside Out leadership has had on you within you.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I was, you know, a couple of years out of college, right? That was a big shift for me in trying to figure out who I who I am and what am I going to do with my life? And, um, you know, there are different aspects of that, you know, that really made it probably more of a dramatic shift than, than most people. Right. So there was a lot of figuring out and, um, but I'm also, you know, I've always been a leader in the sense of, you know, I've had influence and people pick up on that. So, you know, I, I kind of found myself in the nonprofit and church world, And, you know, some great people were, you know, recognized that in me and were, you know, directing me on how I can benefit their organization. Right. And, um, you know, I, so I was in that, you know, a stage of leadership development where quite frankly, there was a lot of shame. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a lot, I, I was stuck in a, carrot and stick method of Mm. just chasing you know trying to think my way into who i knew i should be or what i thought others you know thought i should be and um yeah kind of chasing my tail right and um at the same time i was starting to cultivate a lot more you know self-awareness so Mm. thankfully i made some decisions that kind of protected me i'll say from being put into a position that i frankly probably would have fell flat on my face Mm because there was you know pretty high 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 positions that i don't i don't think that my maturity and character would have matched up at that time right Mm -hmm. And, and and i was the one to pump the brakes and you know thank i you know i'm super thankful for that awareness but then that you know that was kind of the catalyst that you know, moved me in the direction towards where I eventually, you know, met you, right? And but
1: before, but here, here's what I want to real quick, if you allow me to, yeah, something that's so important. I think a lot of leaders can benefit from as it relates to your story, which is, you know, that carrot and stick kind of a method, chasing your own tail, as you like to say, which is wonderful. I mean, what and I and I like to say that it's putting form before function. A lot of times people, even leaders, are so quick to see something in someone else, an upcoming team member, uh, someone that they're looking to recruit or to hire. And they see this gifting. They see a certain temperament. they They see all these wonderful qualities. They're like, I need to put them, I need to get them in the right seat. The faster, the better. And we're often moving to accomplish our goals and our objectives. The only problem with that sometimes is when we do that without considering some other things like the team member or the person you're recruiting their own personal well-being in that process it could be tiring there can be this unhealthy striving not just from the leader that puts them in that position but the person that actually begins to fulfill that position did you find yourself as you were chasing your own tail did you find yourself getting tired yeah i was what kind girl, of emotions girl. were involved in that place that Perhaps we're given over to unhealthy striving or whatever. Like, what were you feeling? Take us into the emotional state that you were in in that time in that season.
0: Yeah. No, I, I was exhausted. I, I would say probably close to burnout. Um, okay. And I, I lived a lot in my head because you're trying to figure out a way to fix, right? And you're, you're focused on what's not, you know, almost like what you, where you don't measure up, you know, and, and it's unhealthy. It's an unhealthy striving. Um, and also quite frankly, I felt unsafe too, because I felt pressure. Right. Um, you know, on one hand, you know, in your head, you're like, man, this is, you know, I'm honored that people see this in me Mm -hmm. and that they would even think that this is, you know, an opportunity, a path that, you know, I could take, um, you know, so there's kind of that sense of like, am I ungrateful? Right. It, it was, it was a lot of head games. Um, but it kind of felt unsafe because part of my decision to, you know, pump the brakes was like, Hey, I don't think we're thinking this through in a healthy way. And a lot of it, Rob is speed, right? I think people are in a hurry. And, you know, because you have an organization, you have things they need to run, you know, sometimes, like you said, you put the form before the functioner, you need to keep the machine running Mm -hmm. and at the expense of the people that you want to develop. And I kind of felt like I was a a victim of that Mm -hmm. um, in the situations that I was in. Right. So, um, yeah, I was, I was tired and I think unsafe was a big one because that was something that when I said shame, that was like my protective shell, right? It's what I knew because it just felt like trust felt hard because I felt like trust was broken. There wasn't really trust there. And and that's another big aspect of it. If, if you don't have trust, yeah. then you really don't have anything. right?
1: Did you, did you have people in your corner that helped? Like how'd you deal with that? You know, when you're, on the verge, if not already burn out, And, um, and you're moving pretty quickly in that space. Like, what did you do? I mean, what did you do to survive? What did you do? Did you turn to certain people? Did you did you start to pray more? Did you like, like get as practical as possible for people? And did it work?
0: Yeah, no. So I will say this, that, you know, the leadership in the, you know, the situation that I'm discussing was, you know, they were, they were really, they are really good leaders, right? It was more of a transition. There was a need type situation. Right. And so, I mean, I spoke up (laughs) one, right. I didn't good for you. I, you know, they were, you know, there was the, um, you know, I picked up, Hey, this, you know, someone's going to need to take this over. And I have a feeling that you guys are really trying to put me in that spot. And they were like, yeah. And so I had that open and honest conversation. And I had to defend myself in it a little bit too. But I was heard, especially from, you know, the one leader. And he, you know, you know he apologized later, right? Understanding the circumstance and how I could feel the way that I felt. Um, but in the meantime, honestly, Rob, I kind of, pulled away. And like, as a way to protect myself, I, um, and, you know, I, and I don't want to keep trying to make it lead into when I did meet you in that season of my life, because that was a big transition. Right. I mean, it was, I almost thought like, this isn't for me, right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm going to go, you know, I start went into the corporate world. Um, and, you know, started to think, how can I use my passions and my gifts in a different way? But mm-hmm. frankly, I was confused. Right. Yeah. Um, and I needed, I needed some time to process that. Right. And some breathing,
1: some breathing room. I yeah.
0: needed breathing room. I needed to be able to be mad too, mm-hmm. for me, and then realize, uh, okay, you know what, those are my emotions. It's good to process them, but ultimately being able to forgive process and move on was how I'd really started to change my perspective on the way that I even viewed, you know, my potential vocation, my purpose, um, and even just what health was right. And success.
1: Well, I applaud you a couple of different things. I applaud you and I applaud maybe the leader that really took time with you as well. Number one, to acknowledge some things about you. Now you can always look back and lessons learned and be like, well, I should have done it earlier. I wouldn't have been a burnout, but you still did it. And just the fact that you had an authentic conversation with you know your leader, the primary leader, and able to open up in the way that you did, and then their response, they were with you, they understood, they came back and said, Hey, I was, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done this or shouldn't have done that. Speaks volumes about you and about your process and the individual that was in your corner as well, and saying, "You know what, looking back, I should have done things a little different. I should have perhaps been a little bit more sensitive to you and your situation uh in that in that way so so did you find the needed breathing room, I guess coming out of it, you know for a new season in your life, or was were there still things kind of lingering you know
0: th- things lingered for a little bit, right, like I said, I pulled away, right, and mm-hmm. so the conversation that we had was. You know, after the fact that I had pulled away, yeah, um, that person had had actually moved on to something else too. So that's why we were able to really have you know like a Monday morning quarterback session, yeah. And 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 you know, and he said, hey, you know that kind of hurt, and and he took those lessons moving forward too to his credit, and a lot of it was slow down, mm-hmm. right, um, because you get the foundation right, then it's easier to build, right? You, you, like you said, don't put the, the form over the function. It yeah. uh, allows you to be a little more organic. But then come, for me, what I needed was to, to get out of that and get into more of an organic situation hmm. um, and have space to explore, right? And I mean, that's really, that's really where I'd say, you know, my inside out leadership journey started. Right, because for me it was a process of these subtle internal perspective shifts, and they, um, you know, slowly but surely, you know, like 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 the quote that that you that you've always shared, and I believe it's in your book. Like when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, yeah. right? And it was just these subtle internal perspective shifts. As I had space to, mm-hmm. you know, process and. Right. um you know, and, and I was, I was still young. Right. I mean, I was still in my twenties. And so there's like still formative years. I mean, there 20s. was a rebellion, you know, of like, this is, I found a new way, right? right. you know, and, <laughs> right. you know, just, but I needed that space to do that. And that's where, you know, the situation that I then found myself in a more community family oriented atmosphere, um, where I could you know, not only have space to process and heal, but then start to really understand my gifts and, um, and honestly, even what purpose meant, right? And really start to understand who I was. Yeah.
1: Calling all leaders. This is Rob Holman, and I'm sure you would agree with me, whether it's personal experience or second-hand experience, there is a glaring well-being problem In our world and in our workplaces. Matter of fact, I came across a Deloitte survey recently that revealed that almost 70% of executives are considering leaving their jobs for workplaces that care more for their well-being. Part of the same study also said that 57% of employees outside of management roles want to quit for similar reasons. Okay, there is clearly a problem here, lack of well-being in the workplace. And I love how Tiki David, a psychology today blog writer, defines well-being. It's the experience of health, happiness and prosperity. It actually includes having good mental health, high life satisfaction, a sense of meaning or purpose and the ability to manage stress. In steps, my inside out leadership philosophy, and principles. It's all about helping provide the tools, setting you up for greater success of embracing your unique identity, living and leading out of a place of purpose and passion to where you remain vibrant and sustainable for the long haul. So you as an end result can better serve people within your sphere of influence. I have a couple great resources for you to seriously consider. Take my free five-minute well-being assessment to get a finger on the pulse of how you're doing in this moment and in this time. To find out more information on that, please go to www.robholman.com forward slash checkup. In addition to that, check out my books. I have three of them. The first is Lead the Way, More to Deal with Personal Leadership. The second, All In, How You Can Build and Foster Trust from the Inside Out. And lastly, and most recent book, Move the Needle which is how you can have greater organizational influence from the inside out. All three books can be found on Amazon. Hopefully these resources greatly encourage and inspire you on your inside out leadership journey.
0: You know, I spent so much time trying to be what others expected me to be Mm -hmm. and what I thought other people wanted me to be. And some of that was for validation, right? I mean, that, that... that search, especially as, as a man, I know that search for validation runs deep in a a lot of men. Right. And, um, you know, and that, that fear of exposure, right. You don't want to be seen as a fraud, you know, so you're just kind of chasing, but again, the, the space and, um, the framework even, and that's where, you know, shifting to kind of after, right. And, and during it, it was a it was a framework for. Me. it gave me permission to go on my, my own journey of self-discovery yeah. and, and then have people around me such as yourself and, and Fred and other, mm-hmm. you know, and others that I was you know, fortunate enough to spend a lot of time with to, you know, understand how I'm wired,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, what my values were. I didn't even really, until you write your values down, you know, you don't, you really don't know what they are. You just operate right. a certain really. way. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Or or you're not living in alignment with what you actually, yeah. what actually matters to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it's about awareness and embracing the things that, that really matter. Very true. Um,
1: and the and community, everyone too. The, the community that Chris is referring to, some of you may know this and some of you may not. I was a, a pastor for a number of years uh, and so chris found his way into our local community you know pastor of a of a non denominational some would like to call it an interdenominational church and chris came in i still remember chris some of those early stages of meeting you 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 could tell that you'd been through some things you know you'd weathered some different storms and but at the same time you um you almost felt, I think because of default mechanisms, you almost felt like, all right, what do I need to do? Like, what? How can, I, how can I serve? And I loved your heart of like, how can I get involved? How can I serve? What can I do? And I was like, I remember, I don't know if I said it this explicitly to you, but it was something along these lines of like, it's okay to slow down. Hmm. It's okay to continue to take a deep breath. Like you can just be a part of our community and we can allow space to get to know you and you to get to know us without really doing a whole lot at all. And that's just not okay. That's a way of living that we promote. And in that, I think a couple early exchanges I have with you, it's almost like, what's this guy saying? Like, what's he like, does he kind of live this way? Like, hold on. And to your language that you've adopted over years is like that kind of slow is fast um, mentality, mindset, heart, way of living. But that is it. It's like, I mean, that's what separates in many regards the elite athletes from the average athletes is like the game slows down. They're actually working two or three steps ahead of the game. They know what they're going to do. And that also speaks to being proactive. It also speaks to being a good steward of ourselves on those entrusted in our care. And so I just wanted to bring that up. I wanted to highlight that in part of our early uh, relationship together because I think it was during that time, at least from my perspective, I'm like, oh, okay, this is a little shift in my thinking. This is a little shift in, like I don't have to go out and do all these things. I can actually learn just how to be and be grafted into a community without doing a whole lot. And in and through that, start to learn about better getting to know who you are, you know, other people, without feeling like you have to jump all these hoops in which to do so. So I don't know if you want to comment on that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I-
0: I think you framed it perfectly like you know because a lot of my journey was into the you know church world and mm-hmm. leadership right and when I came into meeting house which is what you know what 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 it was what it's called um it was different right and for me there wasn't a machine to run yeah and that is exactly what I needed because to your point I was just primed for it, even though it's burnt out from it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's what I knew, right? And, and that was, again, part of that, you know, it wasn't only in that context. It bled into every other aspect of my life because it was just a, you know, that was the fruit of my thinking because that was the main context of my life at that point, right? But I had, you know, I mean, there's many domains and aspects of life where that same default thinking right. was due, do, 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 what do yeah. I need to do? That's the part of that validation. That's part of that unhealthy striving. Right. Yeah. And we know, you know, the desire isn't, it's not from a place of rest. And that's where I said, you know, those subtle internal perspective shifts gave me permission that, you know, what, what, cause I want, I want to say this too, before any of your books came out mm. is when, you know, th- this is going down. So I'm reading this book you know, through you, you know, you, you know, you talk about becoming the message, like it, it was through our relationship and through the community and, you know, the culture that we had where I was actually able to pick up on these principles, pick mm-hmm. up on this way of life, because it wasn't just you on a stage acting, you know, not, that's not to say that, that people do that, but it like it wasn't you acting on a stage and then going behind the scenes. Like
1: you mean we you there. got to you mean you got to see me down and dirty with my wife and my three kids and 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 what some would say, My goodness, like Rob's engaged in all this stuff, not just as a pastor in the business world and 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 speaking and but yet he also has a family. He seems like he has a pretty healthy relationship with his wife. Like, hold on. He's not living this crazy busy life all the time where it's a whirlwind. He's he lives a little bit more of a simple life, like. Yeah. I was, he says I was
0: thinking, no to things because he's stewarding huh. what really matters. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's part of that, that slow, right. Um, and operating from a place of authenticity and rest. And so I was, yeah, I got to read, I was reading the book before the books before it came out. Right. And then to be a part of that journey was really awesome because as you began to put words to it more and more to get it out, right? That's when I really, I mean, you know, me, I was a student. That's when it really started to take root.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But that permission, right? To go from, you know, almost like, you know, what what we name it in the book or what you name it in the book, self-help, self-discovery, right? Embracing and becoming aware of what actually is already inside of you. That's right. And, and then there's that focus, right? You know, the way it, when I was looking at all the things that needed to be fixed, but it allowed me to start thinking about what's actually the good stuff mm-hmm. in me, right? For that's, that stuff's going to linger, right? There's always going to be stuff that, that, sure. you know, I'm in process, I'm unfinished. Yeah. Um, but that to be able to start looking at that, mm-hmm. um, was a game changer for me. And then to take that even further, Rob, because I think even now, I'm starting to see the fruit of this is, you would always say, if you look for the good, you'll find it. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, when you say that, it just, it sounds like chat GPT, right? Like (laughs) give give me some motivational things to say, but that's how you always viewed the people around you, right? And the circumstances, we would, you know, to the audience, we would joke, the first chapter of the book is actually called It's All About Perspective. Because every, and anytime something would happen, we'd be like, it's all about perspective. All right, there we go. Because the way, you know, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I realize even with other people, it started with myself. And now because I was able to do that with myself, I can do that with other people. I'm able to see if I can look for, it's easy to see the flaws in people. Yeah it's easy to see the flaws in, in everything. I mean, the news outlets, right? We're bombarded. We have that negativity bias that's, mm-hmm. you know, like wired into our evolution, right? Where, you know, it, it, that's a protection. But if we can, you know, see, learn to look for the good, we can find it and we can call that out and we can give others the freedom to be able to see it in themselves. And so, you so know-
1: what you, So, so in, in all that, when I'm- what I'm hearing from you is in and through experience in relationship, you were picking up some things. And then in time there was language that reinforced those things that you had been experiencing. Language is important. Form is important to help with sustainability. But yet the vibrancy, the heart, the experience the genuine, authentic connection supersedes that. And when that's in place and that's fostered, that's stewarded really, really well. It's a natural byproduct in time when we start to use language and we start to put things and have some order of things or whatever. It could certainly sustain something, you know, the life that's actually there. And that to me, I mean, most people, Chris, when they hear stuff like that, I'm listening to you talk. Most people get goosebumps. I think my mustache hairs actually just stood up straight. I think that's what, that, that's what I get. I don't get as many goosebumps. I get my, my mustache here, stand up straight. But no, I think what you're saying, I really believe is resonating with so many different people because I think so many leaders are, I mean, stats to back this up. So many leaders are, they're in total survival mode. Many are burnout. And if they're not burnout, they're certainly on the road to being burnout. And they need to understand that help is much closer than they even think. And it starts really, with what you said. And that is being real with a couple trusted people around you, sharing your heart. This is how I feel. This is what I'm going through. And in and through that, they can begin to experience uh, far from perfection, but hopefully a leader or a couple trusted people that will listen, that will be empathetic, that will start to even model, reflect some inside out leadership principles and the philosophy well enough that in time too, some language will be there. Uh, self-awareness language, other awareness language to where we can begin not just surviving, but be, uh, become really a change agent that the world really needs us to be. And so, um, Chris, what do you, you look at your life, you look at kind of before Inside Out Leadership, you know, when you begin to experience it, where you're at today, what do you want your legacy to be?
0: Oof, um, I
1: know that's a, that's a loaded that's a loaded question, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is <laughs>
1: because because legacy. I think so many times people they might define it certain ways, but I, how I like to put it is, what do you want to leave behind on the earth, almost as a gift, when you're no longer here, that actually has a ripple effect to positively affect, affect future generations. So for you what's the leave behind?
0: Yeah um, I want to I want to leave you know because I'm a father right I'm a husband, I'm a father um, you know I'm a brother you know biologically and you know a lot of people that I rub shoulders with, that I'm passionate about, um, encouraging, spurring on uh, to be healthy, purposeful, intentional, right? So I want to be known as someone who lived intentionally and purposefully and, you know, who lived in alignment in what mattered most. Yeah. In in all domains, not just work, not just family. (laughs) You know, like I want it, I want there to be, congruence and harmony so that the people that i interacted with are i guess i would say i I want people to be able to have permission to thrive yeah and i want to set that legacy behind me within my family and in my sphere of influence um you know leadership we talk we talk a lot about this too, Rob. One of my favorite quotes from John Maxwell is knowing the way, going the way, and showing the way. And I want to be known as someone who, who, mm-hmm. who, who was a leader like that, who knew the way, who went the way and showed the way and mm-hmm. gave others permission to thrive. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's what I want my legacy to be. Um, that's Awesome.
1: No, yeah. it's really, it's, no, it's special. I, that's why I love asking that question to people. It really does have you think, doesn't it? And it, it takes you like beyond like you're thinking, you got to tap into that deep well in your own heart. I'm like.
0: And that's the it, key thing though, because I, I want to say this, I want to make sure the audience knows this because, you know, I do have the benefit of, I did have the benefit of, of you know, knowing the book before the book and knowing, yeah. you know, inside out leadership as it was becoming what it was. Right. Um, but I always it always stuck with me that, and you told me this from the beginning, inside out leadership starts at home. true inside out leadership starts at home. that's inside out, right and so you know to just just to kind of put a button on that legacy piece, if I can't be that person to my wife and my daughter then then um that wouldn't be success in my eyes mm. right and so that is why I think the process is so important. You know, the subtle, you know, taking the time to go through the slow and steady process of, of having it get in you so that it can get out because you can only give what you got. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll
1: tell you, man, uh, if we had a whole other podcast episode, we might have to call trust the process. Uh, you and I know from Philadelphia and we love beloved. Philadelphia 76ers. That's a uh, we need a to redeem. We, we need to redeem that phrase. I think being, I think being you're Philly right. Fans. Oh my goodness. Uh what's a final word that you have for the listening and viewing audience today? Each leader that's there. Uh, we have leaders that tune in from all around the world, all different cultures. Yeah, a final word of wisdom, practical insight, something about inside-out leadership that they really need to hear today. It could be a re- reinforcement of something you've already shared, but I want to at least allow a little bit of time for that as well.
0: Yeah, I, I'd say you need to know who you are in order to know, you know why you exist and, and what you're going to do. So know your values, know your strengths, um, know your purpose and your mission and yeah, write it down. And, and, and I think reflection is, is the biggest piece, right? Because awareness is great. Um, but being able to reflect and, and realize that it's all data Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it's all about becoming, um, that's where you can live truly from the inside out and have that, um, maturing growth that everybody wants. Right. I mean, we're, we're made to evolve that way. So, um, that's what I would say. I'd say, know know your know yourself so that you can better be a steward of it. And this is, this is power. This, this is taking it from you. Right. But okay. if you know yourself and you know your purpose and you know your mission, then you can become a steward of it because at the end of the day, your self-discovery journey isn't about you. Mm-hmm. It's about others, and how you can steward who you are, for the benefit of those around you. Beautifully and
1: stated, man. That's that's Be- beautiful that's and powerful. It. That's it. All right, people are listening to this. They're like, I need to reach out to Chris. I got a question because they heard an aspect of your journey. They heard your, uh, you know, about your journey in its entirety, and they're like, you know, I want to learn from this guy. I get like, what do they need to know about what you have going on? Where can they find you?
0: Um, yeah. So. I mean, I'm on typical social media, uh, LinkedIn. Chris Cavalieri, you'll find me. I I work at uh, Siemens Financial Services, so you'll see my you'll see my pretty mug come up if you search <laughs> me that way. Um, uh, Instagram, it's at it's Chris Cav, so I T S Chris Cav C A V. Um, those are my two probably main, and then you know Facebook. If you want to friend me on Facebook, I'm always happy to accept a friend request there. And I, I, so I do have a a web website and blog that um, has been in process, right? I did a season called interviews on purpose and I, you know, I did a bunch of interviews. It's blog style. I asked people five questions about their life and purpose, how they discovered it, how they put it into practice. A lot of, you know, what we talked about today, and it's kind of been the fruit of of my journey. And I have, you know, uh, everylifeonpurpose.com, if you go to that site, you can, you know, they're like five minute reads. You might even see a face, you know, Rob Holman on there. Oh, Um,
1: it is. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I not only was honored to contribute the people that Chris had on, um, to jumpstart off this blog. Unbelievable. So I can only imagine where he's going to be going in the future with it, but yeah, definitely check it out. You'll be greatly blessed by it. A lot of practical insight and, um, yeah. So yeah. Anything else, Chris? Before I wrap no, up.
0: No, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Rob. I love you, man. And I appreciate you so much. I just want you to know that. And I know that, you know, your work impacts a lot of people. It's impacted me. I hope people can see that, that well, it, 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 you know, it authentically has impacted me and I'm going to carry it on.
1: I receive that generally, deeply. I really, really do. And uh, you need to know, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for um, the real Chris Cavalieri stood up and said i need help i want things to change and boy have they changed for the better i mean i get an upfront and center viewpoint of of you not just as a working professional but you as a husband you as a dad by the way fun fact to wrap it all up i married chris and his bride rachel over 5 years ago and what a joy and honor that was they have how old is your daughter olivia now
0: olivia will be 3 in about 2 in less than 2 weeks
1: Unbelievable. It was a beautiful service. I was just happy to be in the room with these guys. And uh, Chris, I'm looking forward as you continue to embrace the seeds of greatness on the inside of you. I'm looking forward to what God has in store because I think you're just beginning to scratch the surface. Just when you're entering into a really sweet season of your life, I really feel like this is just the beginning. So you're a tremendous gift to me and to so many people all over the place. And I just want to say thank you. And uh, I look forward to continue to learn from you without a doubt. So until next time for Chris Cavalieri, I'm your host of Inside Out Leadership Podcast, Rob Holman. Be good. Live a life of joy and gratitude and watch and see what begins to happen. Watch and see. So long.